don't forget as well that just because you're focusing on YouTube and you're trying to grow a, a channel, that doesn't mean that you're not using all sorts of different methods and you should be using all sorts of different methods to take that YouTube video and spread it out there to your audience in lots of different ways. You've planned the video, you've shot the video, you've edited the video, you've got it set up perfectly on YouTube and hover your finger over the publish button and then... So what happens now? Does anyone actually watch your video? Well, depending on your audience size, probably not. You see, for small businesses and other early stage YouTube channels, publishing a video but failing to promote your video it's kind of like hosting your own birthday party, but forgetting to invite any guests. In this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by Natalie Haley from YouTube agency Hot Content to find out more about leveraging your YouTube videos in various ways off YouTube. And there's some practical, actionable tips here for everyone. So let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day guys and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 148 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Welcome. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. You've missed 147 so far. So after today's episode, and if you've enjoyed it, why not take a flick back through the previous episodes and see if you can find another episode that tickles your fancy. All right, in my interview today, we're diving back into the world of YouTube for business and particularly how you can grow your channel and therefore reach more people with your videos by implementing some clever content tactics off YouTube. As I'm sure you know, there is plenty that you can do with your videos and your metadata and with your optimization of your content on YouTube. But what we're going to talk about today is things you can do off YouTube to drive more views and engagement back to YouTube and to increase the possibility of your video actually taking off. You see, as you know, it really isn't enough to simply publish a video and wait around for people to come and watch it for an effective video strategy that actually returns on your investment and sets your video content up for success, we need to be actively managing our strategy and driving the right eyeballs to our videos on the desired platform, whether it be YouTube or otherwise. And the best part is that my guest today has been doing just that for her clients for a number of years, and she's here to share her tips with you today. So my guest today is Natalie Haley, and through her agency, Hot Content, based out of the north of England in the UK, Natalie helps small businesses and entrepreneurs to create quality, shareworthy content and promote it and their brand online. She also works as an outsourced content marketing strategist, producing and implementing content strategy for businesses of all sizes. She loves to teach the principles of content marketing and help people go from confused, overwhelmed and frustrated to relieved, in control and energized. 
Now, I know you're going to get a lot of practical tips out of today's episode. Some of these things you might already be doing to promote your YouTube content for yourself or for your clients, but I am sure that there is going to be a couple of points that are going to jump out of today's episode that you're going to want to write down and you're going to want to implement when you next publish your next YouTube video. Now, there were some internet issues as we recorded this interview via Zoom and we have done the best we could in the edit to clean things up a bit but let me tell you it was too good not to share so let's get into my interview with Natalie Haley from Hot Content. Natalie welcome to the podcast. Hello Ben it's fantastic to be here. Well, thanks for joining me today. You're coming to me from over in the UK um, and we were talking before we hit record here about the challenges of, of making things happen with kids at home from school and in lockdown and things like that. So where, where are you coming to me from? So I am in, uh, in the UK, as you say. I'm in Cumbria, which is quite far north, just underneath the border with Scotland, so quite a rural area area beautiful but one of the wettest parts of the UK so currently fairly grey and miserable <laughs> all right fantastic well it's a beautiful part of England I'm, I'm familiar with somewhat with that area but um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners today for people that haven't heard of Natalie Haley and hot content uh, your your business what do you do and and how did you get into that in the first place yeah, so um, the business Hot Content was sort of a virtual agency, if you like, um, and we work with businesses that use YouTube predominantly um, to grow their business and their audience. So we basically help from the very beginning, and um, we help people to plan their video content, we help them to perform the keyword research, to work out what videos that they want to create whether there's a demand for it, help them um, find the best titles and focus keywords to use so that they're going to have the best chance of their videos being found in YouTube search. Um, and we help them with all the elements of the publishing process. So doing the kind of donkey work in the background. So if you like uploading the video, adding the cards, adding the tags and end screens. Um, and then from there, it's really helping people get the most mileage out of that video as possible. So we help them repurpose the video into all sorts of different things, which I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about later. Um, and then really help them get that video promoted across all of their various channel, channel, channels so that they're basically getting as many eyes and ears onto that content as possible. Um, and in terms of how I got to this, it, yeah, Kind of your business develops, doesn't it, over the years? And we started out working with all forms of content creators, really. So there was three main streams of the business. It was we worked with bloggers, we worked with podcasters and YouTube creators. And the the shift towards focusing on YouTubers was quite organic, really. It just kind of happened that the, the main demand was from people wanting help with YouTube. Um, and actually, over time, I came to realize that that's, that's where I enjoy being. I enjoy working most on the, that platform with video content. So, um, yeah, it happened kind of by itself, really. And it was driven by the demand of our, our clients, which is, which is nice, really. Um, 
So, so yeah, it's kind of an end-to-end agency. So basically everything that people need to help them start a channel and grow a channel, we kind of help with. Fantastic. And on what I love about the service that you offer is that not only is it the kinds of things that people, when they're thinking about starting a YouTube channel or growing a YouTube channel, it's the things that they don't want to do. It's also the things that they often just don't do. They mm-hmm. ignore or they uh, they skip past because they're focused on the bright, shiny object of creating videos and publishing videos on YouTube. But as both you and I know, it's what you do with those videos, both before you produce the videos and what you do after the videos are produced on YouTube is that's where the success lies. Am I right? Yeah, Ben, you're absolutely right. And the best example that I can give of this here is that so many people that have a YouTube channel, they want to create the content they want to create. So they have these ideas about the videos that they are really excited about creating. But they often skip the part, which is doing the research um, and looking to see if their audience actually want to see that content from them. Um, So one of the things that one of the key sort of parts that we play in the process is our clients will sort of come to us with some ideas of the content they want. And we'll say, okay, before we dive into, you know, helping you script it and plan the content for the month and do everything else. Let's just perform some keyword research. Um, we use tend to use TubeBuddy to look at those keywords and go, okay, is there a demand for this topic? And even if there is a demand for your channel, do you have a chance of ranking for it? How much competition is there? Um, and we can then feed that back to people and go, okay, this topic is great, but you might want to consider approaching it from this angle um, and you might want to consider um, giving it this title um, as opposed to the one that you're originally thinking because you're not going to really have a, a good chance of ranking for it. So, so that's that's a classic example of people just kind of diving in going, oh yeah, I want to create a video about this, this and this without actually really thinking through whether that's what people want to see from them as well. So yeah, but you're absolutely right. We all have parts of the process that we you know, we don't necessarily enjoy as much as the other parts or that, that just aren't necessarily our strengths. So I think working with a team who can bring all those elements together so that you can just focus on the bits that you do do best um, can work really well. Yeah, I love it. I mean, what would you say to those those people in business who are thinking it's too late to start a YouTube channel or, you know, I, I don't want to be a YouTuber, you know, like a, to make money from YouTube ads or get millions of subscribers. What would you say to those people in business today who, who are maybe reluctant to jump into YouTube to, uh, to grow their business? Is there still a time and a place for YouTube today? Absolutely. I mean, YouTube isn't going anywhere far from it. It's it's the opposite. Um, however, that said, just because you're using YouTube as a platform to grow does not mean that you have to be a, a YouTuber in the sense that, you know, many of us think of, of YouTubers. Um, it's really just a, like I say, it's a, it's a platform. It's to showcase your ideas, a place to host your content, um, a place where people can find you um, where you, you can give your most valuable 
content, um, whether you're producing kind of tutorials or how-to videos, or if it's more blog-style content. But many of our clients, they're they're based in all sorts of different industries. Some in quite what I would call dry industries. So you know, accountancy, for example, there are no industries anymore. I don't think that you know, can't consider using YouTube. Um, you know, it's all about how you approach it, really. And don't forget as well that just because you're focusing on YouTube and you're trying to grow a, a channel, that doesn't mean that you're not using all sorts of different methods and you should be using all sorts of different methods to take that YouTube video and spread it out there to your audience in lots of different ways. So, yeah, I, I think definitely there's there's a place for it for, you know, potentially every every industry. And I know certainly at the moment during the current circumstances, a lot of, of YouTubers, you'll probably have found the same, have seen a, an upturn in their sort of viewing times and watch time and things like that, purely because people have had a lot more time to spend watching YouTube videos and want to put that time to good use, learning and, yeah, adding to their knowledge. So it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And you mentioned there around, you know, if you're focusing on growing a YouTube channel, there's a lot that you can can do. And obviously YouTube within its own platform has a lot of ways that they use the algorithm and their discovery tools to actually put your content when you publish content on YouTube in front of what YouTube determines to be the right eyeballs. But I think anyone who's had any experience on YouTube, even uploading one or two videos knows that it's not as easy as simply pressing publish on a video on YouTube to actually get your videos seen by people. And that's where I wanted to go with this conversation today, because I know you've got a lot of, a lot of really practical ways that people can use other methods to get their YouTube videos seen by more people in the right way. So let's dive into that. But how, how would you approach this for a client or, or even for your own channel? Because I know you're now growing your own channel as well. So um, what, what are some ways that we can use other methods to get more growth, more views, more eyeballs on our YouTube videos? Absolutely. So like you say, unfortunately, just creating that YouTube video that we all put our kind of heart and soul and a lot of time and effort into, unfortunately, it's not even 50% probably of the the entire process that has to be gone through to actually get, you know, that video seen by, you know, the, the people it deserve to be seen by. Um, so of course, yes, when you upload a video, if you have a certain number of subscribers, they'll be notified when you, you upload that new piece of content. But there's so much else that we have to do. So, you know, at the most basic level, um, you know, we, we follow a few different standard practices for our clients and, and I do it for my own channel as well. And having created, started my own channel recently has been a good opportunity for me to experiment with different things as well for, you know, on behalf of, of clients. So one of the key things that we do is we take the video and we repurpose it into a written form. And now there's two reasons for that. The first reason is that we're all different. We all like to consume content in different ways. And yes, we're focusing on YouTube. And yes, we love watching YouTube videos. But there are an awful lot of people out there who still prefer to read um, and, and consume their content that way. So... Number one, it means that you're appealing to as many people within your audience as possible. Um, but also, 
creating that written piece of content from your video is fantastic for the search engine optimization of your own website as well. Because um, the blog that you create, um, every time you upload a new blog to your website, you're essentially adding a fresh piece of content, a fresh page of content to your website, which Google loves. And that piece of content is going to contain, you know, the keywords that's going to let the search engines know, you know, what, what that blog contains, what information it contains, and it's going to increase the chances of, of it being found search. So it's going to help your visibility. Just to clarify, Natalie, this is a taking the content from your video and turning it into a written blog or article published on your on your website. Yep. And is this is this a, a transcript of your video or what format does this take? That's a really good question. So there are a few different ways to do it, but my recommended way is to use a transcription service. I tend to use web.com and upload the, the video and very quickly you'll receive a written transcription by humans. So it's 99.9, I find, percent reliable. Um, we then use the transcript as the basis for the blog post. So I wouldn't really recommend simply copying and pasting the transcript and uploading it onto a web page on your website or, you know, that kind of thing. I just, I just don't think that that's providing a great experience for people. What we tend to do is just use it as the basis. And then from there, wordsmith that piece of that transcript into a standalone piece of content that can be kind of read and understood completely in context. But what we do tend to do, because let's not forget that most people who are listening to this podcast will want to focus on getting as many views and subscribers on their YouTube channel. So we don't want to detract from, from the YouTube channel. So we um, embed the YouTube video into the blog. Um, so YouTube provides a piece of um, HTML code, which you can just copy and paste into the back end of your website um, and your YouTube video kind of appears there on your website and people can click play and still watch it while on your website. So it's not taking them off your website back onto YouTube, but while ever they're watching that YouTube video on their website, it still counts towards your YouTube views. So it, it's like a win-win situation because you're getting people onto your website and that's fantastic for your search engine optimization. But they're also watching a YouTube video. They're becoming aware of your channel and you're getting view count on your videos as well. So that, that's a really good thing to do when it comes to, to repurposing the content. Now, if you don't want to go to the, the lens of creating a full blog post where you sort of write all about what you've talked about in the video. There are other things you can do. So for example, if you've created a video which has like three tips in it or four steps, a four-step process, you could create almost like show notes for the video, which talks about, you know, gives a little introduction to it, a little teaser, explaining people why they should watch the video and maybe give away one of the tips or one of the steps. Um, but then make it clear that people have to watch the video to get the, the full value, to get the full process or the rest of the steps, that kind of thing. So there are definitely lots of, of different ways to do it. Um, but I think what this is doing is, as I say, it's it's appealing to as many people as different people as possible and giving them the information they want it, how they want it. It's helping with your SEO. Um, but it's also giving you more opportunities to promote your content in different ways. So you can drive people to your YouTube channel. You can also, um, you know, drive people to the, the blog post. Um, and it's just enabling you to, to be more varied, really, in your promotion. 
Yeah. Do you feel that there is the potential for that sort of strategy where you've, you've transcribed the, the full transcript of the video and turned it into a, an article that it may cannibalize the potential views of the embedded version of the video that people will just skim read the article rather than actually watching the video? Do you, where do you sit on that? Like, do you think it will actually potentially lead to more views of your video or potentially less? Just interested. Yeah, I think there is, there has to be a certain level of experimentation with this because I do think it's going to vary between audience to audience. So for example, your audience may have different preferences and may, you know, have different behaviors online to mine. It may not, but I think it's it's definitely worth experimenting and keeping an eye on, on analytics and, and seeing whether something like that is potentially happening. Um, but I just think that, you know, it's something that I do for my own channel because I think the advantages, the, the pros far outweigh any potential cons. So what I mean by that is, of course, all of the pros that I've just previously mentioned, but also things like having that, that written form of content for you as well as the content creator is so helpful. It means that you've constantly got this kind of library of material to to go back to. So anytime you're, say, if you are creating different kind of content like a lead magnet, um, so a PDF or an ebook, which is all about a particular topic, being able to revisit different content you've created in written form, it's so much easier to reference back to if you want to pull chunks from it to use elsewhere, or if you want to be writing an email to somebody. It's so much easier to repurpose. Um, for example, another thing that we do quite a lot of is pulling quotes out of the video content to kind of share in graphic form on social media. Again, that's so much easier to do if you can look back and reference the, the content in written form as well. Um, you know, and sharing little snippets for, for social media. Um, so, yeah, for you as the content creator, it gives you so many opportunities as well. Yeah, cool. Love it. And what are some ways that you would recommend that people, once you've transcribed, you've created an article, you've got a blog on your website, the video is embedded into the blog, how can we further promote that that blog? Or is that the right way to approach it? Should we be driving traffic now to the blog page with the video embedded or should we be continuing to drive traffic to the YouTube watch page? Yeah, as a general um, a general guideline for, for me and for many of our clients, what we're going to do is um, kind of say, for example, if we're putting out three tweets regarding a particular video, the first two will be driving people just to the YouTube channel and especially in that first 24 hours after the video has been published and um, because that really counts for YouTube. It, it puts a lot of weight on what happens in that first 24 hours. Um, but then maybe the third social post, for example, could drive people to the to the blog post. So that that kind of ratio. But again, it's it's going to be entirely up to you and what your what your goals and, and your aims are. But another really successful thing that you know a lot of our clients have already built quite a successful and strong and loyal and engaged email list um so one of the key things that we'll do once the video has been published is almost you know minutes afterwards is send a broadcast to people's email list to let them know that the new video is is now live with as many links in that email as possible taking them straight to the video um, usually kind of embedding the, you know, a thumbnail 
or even a snippet of the video with, you know, linked, hyperlinked off to the YouTube video. So that gives you a really quick win. Um, really quickly, you can see that, well, I've had this many clicks and you can trace where they've, where they've come from. And usually you can see that the first, you know, initial ones have come straight from the email list. So it is still really important to focus, I think, on, on building an email list and, and letting them know every time that you've got a new video out there. Okay, that's awesome. And I think a critical thing to communicate to the listeners today is, is that importance of driving as much direct traffic to your YouTube watch page on a video within that 24, 48 hours after the video has been published, right? So you've mentioned there that that's that critical time period that where YouTube's looking for velocity um, of a video and you want to get the most eyeballs on that video in that period of time. I love the strategy of using your email list and the again, emphasizing the importance of having an email list within that time frame. I think many, many creators, many publishers probably think, you know, it, let's say if they have a distribution strategy of one video per week on their YouTube channel, they think, well, I'll just make sure to include the link to this video in this week's email. But if this week's email falls outside of that critical window, potentially you've just lost that, uh, I guess, YouTube juice. Is that, is that right? Am I interpreting that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, whatever you can do in that, that initial period, um, even if it means, um, well, especially if it means kind of scheduling your video and actually scheduling the social posts to go out, you know, within the, you know, minutes from your, you're going out there get that email broadcast schedule get onto you know instagram stories and do a video and tell people that you've got a new video get do a facebook live um you know whatever whatever platforms that you focus on um spread the word in as many different ways as you can um as ways as uh, as many ways as possible because yeah as i say youtube is going to see what happens in that first 24 hours and use that as a key indicator as to whether they should show this and suggest this video to, to more people or not. So whatever you can do, do it in that time slot. Awesome. Are there any other specific things we should do within that 24, 48 hour window after publishing a video to kind of set that video up for success that we haven't discussed there? Um, well, another key thing that we tend to do is take little snippets of the video and create kind of short clips which give a tease the full video so again like we've said our ultimate goal is you know we want people to go over and watch our full video on youtube we don't want to give everything away in terms of you know posting the full video on, on any channels um but there's so many different things you can do so for example you can take little 60 second or just under 60 second clips of videos. So again, like if your video contains three steps, you know, take a clip of the video of you sharing one of the steps um, or one of the tips. And then obviously people know that they have to go over to YouTube, watch the full video to get the rest. Um, or, you know, things like bloopers, um, little outtakes, little funny snippets from your video just to, to share across your social media channels, just to give you different ways to mix it up a little bit and make your content engaging, but just different ways to make it clear to people that you've got this new video and they should go and go and check it out. Um, audiograms as well. So even though we're dealing with visual 
um, content with video, you always have audio. Um, so you can use tools like um, Headliner, which make it really easier just to use like a still image. Um, and then you can use little audio clips from your video, add subtitles, and then you've got just another way of sharing a snippet from your, your video. Just again, it's just visually and on an audio level, mixing things up a little bit. Um, and yeah, using Instagram stories as well. There's so much you can do with Instagram stories now. Um, you know, so many different kind of elements to it. So pull out little questions from the video or a, a talking point from the video and get people kind of talking about it. Ask them which tip that you shared was their favorite or there's all sorts you can do with polls, for example, um, on Instagram. And, and whatever clips you share, I would always recommend putting captions on them as well. Um, because so many people are watching video with the sound off on social media. So do think about that. And also different kind of dimensions and time allowable as well. So it can be quite confusing with all the different platforms when you're sharing clips of your videos. Every platform wants a different dimension um, and every platform has a different um, allowable time length as well of the clips. So I have a resource, uh, which I'll give you a link to, Ben, um, which is a PDF, which just basically shows visually for each platform what dimensions you need your little video clips to be in and what length they can be as well. Awesome. Excellent. Well, hang around to the end, guys, because we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we share where you can get hold of that resource and I'll have a link in the show notes for this episode. But I wanted to circle back on these these teasers, whether they be audiogram type teasers or short extracts of your video because I think for many people, um, particularly business video creators who are using YouTube as a distribution platform, they, they want to just put their video everywhere. They want to think, we've got this video, let's stick it up on YouTube and then let's post the same video on Facebook and let's then stick the video up on Instagram stories, whatever. Um, why not do that? Why not just take the video and stick it everywhere? Yeah, I mean, there are there are two sides to this argument. Um, and, a, and a valid argument is that you have created this video, it's giving people information that they want, and it's giving value. So why shouldn't you, you know, allow people to view it wherever they want to view it to get as many people to see it as possible? And that's absolutely fine. You know, the argument there is that people are still going to become more aware of you and what you talk about what you do and they're still going to think well this was helpful I'm going to go and check out her website or I'm going to check out his podcast now or um, see about working with them absolutely that's a valid argument but the other fairly strong argument is that it depends on your goals and if your ultimate goal is growth on YouTube then we want to be encouraging people to watch our video over on YouTube and purely because we're using YouTube as that tool. We need to keep YouTube happy to show that we're getting as many views as possible and a good number of um, subscribers and, and the watch time over there so that YouTube will then push our video out, video out to more people. So, so the growth potential by leveraging YouTube and understanding how its algorithm works actually can bring us much bigger results, potentially much quicker. So, yeah, again, it, it's a difficult one. And there's, there's definitely a debate we had there. And I think it, it just depends on what your goals are. But if YouTube is your ultimate goal, you know, growing that channel, then, yeah, you need to be kind of 
focusing more on the clip style of things rather than sharing the whole video, get people onto your YouTube channel. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I often talk about the idea of identifying and focusing on your primary growth channel for a video strategy. And that decision as to what is your primary growth channel needs to come from understanding your audience and your business goals and all of that sort of stuff. And if YouTube is decided that that's where you're going to focus on growth, then you don't want to cannibalize your growth on that primary channel by spreading yourself too thinly across every other channel. And what you want to do is really exactly what you've been sharing here, Natalie, is you want to use those other channels to leverage those audiences and drive growth back to that primary channel. And I think critically, even though we're talking about YouTube in this episode, that primary growth channel could be Instagram for certain businesses and certain strategies. That primary growth channel could be LinkedIn video if that's the decision that's made. And then you're going to use other channels to drive back to those primary channels. But in this case, YouTube, and in many cases, YouTube is best positioned to be the primary growth channel for many businesses, I feel. So we're very much yeah. aligned on you're, that. You're, yeah, absolutely right. And I think the, the fear is that people think that oh, if they're driving everybody to their YouTube channel, what about the, you know, the information and the great resources they've got on their website and, you know, what, how can people find out more about actually taking that next step with them? Well, there's so much you can do on YouTube in terms of leveraging the information you use in your description to the calls to action you you know you use verbally um, in your videos, directing people to where you want them to go, the, the actions that you want them to take. I think it's just about you know accepting the fact that you drive as many people to your, your channel as possible, and from there you can control what they do. Um, so it's just been a bit savvy about how you do that. And it's also recognizing that if people are ready to take the next steps with you and your business, they will find their way to your your website. You know, people understand how to take the action that you want them to take without forcing it on them by making them watch your videos on your website, for example. If they are engaged enough with you and your business and the offer that you are putting forward and they're engaging with that on YouTube, they will make that step. They will take that action. Uh, I think we don't, we, we sometimes think that consumers are a bit dumber than they are, you know, that they can't seek out more information when they need it. Um, and I think that's critical to recognize. Yeah, no, no, just, it, it, that's a point that's just not made enough and it's not kind of talked about enough that, that yeah, just kind of have faith in, in yourself and the content that you're creating and as long as you know in your heart of hearts that you are putting out really good quality content then like you say people aren't stupid they they know if they've got value from you and they like you they know what to do so yeah, yeah have faith in in the content you're producing awesome just in in closing here i'd love to just see if we can unpack a little case study or maybe it's a client you've worked with or just someone you've you've observed from from a distance who you haven't directly worked with but who do you think is really nailing this idea of promoting their youtube content off youtube who's who's doing a really good job with this and you that you can break down a little bit for us um well i guess um I would use the example of, and I am slightly biased because they are clients, but um, Andrew and Pete. So they have focused on their YouTube channel as their predominant um, source of content and understood from from 
the day that they started creating YouTube videos that that was their main focus for um, audience growth. Um, so the, the, just the way that they have really produced bite-sized piece of, uh, pieces of really practical um, content and seeing how that's kind of developed over the years from being kind of more tutorial-based to now more really understanding their audience and focusing on getting into their heads and the mindset of how it feels to be a small business that's trying to make it um, and seeing how that they have started to, to really focus in on the audience's needs has been amazing. And the, the, the growth that they've seen on YouTube has, has been fantastic. Um, but the way that they get people kind of engaged and drive people to that YouTube channel using their social media channels, I think, is, is really, you know, they've got it right basically they they don't just kind of put out standard you know broadcasts and you know hey we've got a new video on social media they, they get people talking um so you know if you, you hop onto twitter you know probably the best channel to have a look at for them and and just look at how they do it you know they'll they'll ask questions they'll get people to share their experiences of the kinds of things that they've talked about in their video um and I think that that's really important. Um, that sort of creating that sense of community around your channel, um, which again, you know, works really well for them in terms of you know getting comments on their videos as well, because they, they're always quite present in the comments of their, their YouTube videos. So they they do they've built that sense of community, yeah, around their videos. So I think they would be a good example. I love that idea of building community around the release of each video and starting conversation and, you know, building up social conversation on different channels around the, the topic and the content of your video. I think that's, mm. that's super powerful and I think often overlooked. Um, for people that maybe aren't familiar with Andrew and Pete, these guys are marketing educators, speakers, consultants, coaches um, based in the UK. Um it, where, where's the best place for people if they, if they want to check out what Andrew and Pete are doing? Is is it just Google Andrew and Pete? I guess they'll find them, right? Yeah, I would take a look at the YouTube channel. So just just um, type into YouTube Andrew and Pete or their website andrewandpete.com. Um, um, and, and they do a lot of the things that we've talked about. So they create the blog from their video content. So take a look and see how, how they do it. Um, and yeah, they just really creative, just really creative and really kind of engaging the way that they share their content. Love it. Cool. Well, I encourage people to check, check Andrew and Pete out. So there's a little free plug for those guys. Um, but they do share some great content and obviously clients of Natalie's as well. So well done for the work that you've done with them. Natalie, this has been a fun conversation. There's been some internet issues, but hopefully um, for people listening in the edit, we've cleaned that all up. Um, this has been fun. Thank you for the value that you've shared and the inspiration I, I know that you've shared for our listeners in in focusing on growing their YouTube channel more strategically off YouTube, which I think is something that we haven't talked about before on this podcast. I appreciate you and, and the insight that you shared. Where can people find out more from you or maybe even engage you to work with them to grow their YouTube channel? Fab. Well, it's, it's been fantastic to be on, first of all. Thank you. Um, the best place is probably, um, as you say, I've recently started my own YouTube channel. So if you just type Natalie Haley um, into YouTube, um, I am creating kind of how to tutorial type videos to help people grow their YouTube channel. Um, so YouTube is probably the 
best place. Um, but the website hotcontent.co.uk um, also gives a good idea of kind of how we help people and the different services that are available. Um, and I have just, I can send you a link as well, Ben, um, put a video out or we'll be putting a video out um, very shortly on how to repurpose your YouTube videos, which goes into depth, into quite a bit of depth about all the kinds of things that we've actually talked about today. So people might find that useful. Fantastic. That's awesome. Natalie, thank you for sharing that for our listeners today. And I will have all the links in the show notes for this episode and I will share the link very, very shortly. So keep listening. Natalie Haley from Hot Content in the UK. Thanks for joining me on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thank you. Hey, thanks again to Natalie for joining me for this episode. I hope you got something valuable out of that. Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram at engage underscore Ben. Come on into my direct messages and let's start a conversation. Now on the show notes page for today's episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 148, 148, you will find the links to both the video from Natalie about how to repurpose your videos and also her video repurposing guide, which you can download for free. You will find those links again at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 148. And if you've enjoyed today's show, I'd love you to leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcasts store. That is super valuable to me and helps this podcast reach more people. So if you've been listening for a while, I'd really love you to just take a couple of moments to leave an honest rating and a review. And I thank you in advance for that. So I will be back with you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And I am excited for this one. It is a great episode with a guest who has been a significant mentor to me over a number of years now and I'm excited to introduce him to you but you'll have to wait until next week on episode 149 of the podcast and until then I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and I will see you real soon.